With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a resiliency expert and the Bullion Hill Foundation certified instructor, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges that life throws at us. You can find out more about me and uh, this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and Tall, T A L L dot com. I am very excited about our guest today, uh, Peter Acido. Peter is a globally recognized and respected business leader and change agent for leadership. His goal is to inspire unconventional thinking and transparency to deliver unparalleled results for employees, customers, and business. His career with Tangerine, formerly ING Direct, began in Canada over 18 years ago as a founding member of a senior leadership team. Prior to his current appointment as president and CEO in 2008, Peter held the post of chief risk officer, chief of staff, and chief lending officer at ING Direct in the U.S., where he worked for nearly eight years. He is the author of Weology. How everyone wins when we come before when we comes before me. He is globally sought out and recognized public speaker, social media leader, and blogger. Uh, I frequently, uh, uh, frequently, every time he posts on LinkedIn, I read the uh, post and I share it. He's featured frequently in the Globe and Mail, Harvard Business Review, wow, Forbes, and Huffington Post. Uh, all proceeds from the sale of weology and related speaking engagements are donated back to Tangerine-supported charitable organizations. Welcome to the show today, Peter. Tom, it's really uh, it's it's an honor to be on the show, and well, what an incredible introduction that was! You're making me blush. <laughs> and before the air, I was uh, uh, remarking that uh, of the presidents and CEOs of major banks in Canada. You seem to be very open, uh, very approachable, and uh, I really, really admire that. Uh, you can be, if, uh, if you're president and CEO of a major bank in Canada, uh, it probably makes you somewhat of a stuffed shirt. And uh, I don't think of you that way at all. It seems like if I were working for you, I'd probably walk into your office and just have a normal conversation. And so I admire that about people who advance and corporate ranks that they can, as my dad said, still put their pants on one leg at a time. 
That's <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, Tomlin. Just one. Cor- so I do also. I do put my pant leg on uh, one leg at a time. And just one correction is, um, I actually don't have an office. There are no offices at Tangerine. So um, we we have an open concept, and that includes um, everybody, regardless of level. And you know, it certainly helps with this approachability. It, it, it helps with transparency. It, it demonstrates, you know, different kind of leadership. Uh, I don't have a I don't have my own parking spot in the building, so if I get in a little late because I drop my daughter off or my son off at school, I got to drive around just like everybody else. And uh, um, again, I think for the same reasons that you mentioned, and it's certainly my view, and I'm sure we'll get into it. You know that I think um, the way leaders and and CEOs maybe have behaved or been perceived in the past really is unsustainable. It really needs to change, and uh, it seems unnatural to me. So. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I did. it certainly is something that I've thought about and, and certainly talked about. And, um, you know, the first thing is, um, you know, we are... We are in a business, so I run a business, and and certainly the objective of making uh, of of a business. I mean, a business needs to make money in order for it to continue to uh, to succeed. But you know, is it is it is it? Are we looking quarterly? Are we looking annually? Are we looking for something a lot more sustainable? And I think, um, and what are the drivers of of profitability? You know, in the end of the day, it really distills down to to, to a few things for me, or maybe one most important thing. And it really is kind of what weology is is about, right? Which is if leaders focus their time and energy on employees and uh, and if employees are excited to come to work every day um, and if they can be uh, themselves at work like they are in their personal lives, they'll love working for you. They'll be excited about your business. They'll be happy. Your customers or potential customers will, will feel that and they'll uh, want to be customers of your business. They'll want to refer their friends and family to your business. They'll want to do more with you. They'll want to talk about you. At the end of the day, um, that will allow your business to grow and allow it to be more profitable. So being who you really are in the workplace and being authentic and um, uh, that emotional intelligence you mentioned, um, we, some, you know, maybe a, even a more uh, a word that everyone would be able to comprehend is, is empathy, you know, as uh, empathizing with uh, the people in front of you, whether it's a customer uh, or whether it's an employee. You know, I think these are sort of fundamental really to uh, the type of leader I've wanted to be and are, and, and, and are talking about and, and hoping others will, will embrace as well. Excellent. I love it. I love it. And now, uh, also, who would think that someone who's uh, of a lofty position, like yours, a uh, president and CEO of one would think, or a lot of people would think that, you know, right out of high school, right out of university, straight into the bank, and then just forward progression from there. But uh, you've had an unconventional career path, 
And so we'll talk about that and how you got to work at Tangent. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I, it, it can be a, a short story or a long story. So I'll do the shorter version. And if you want to dig a little deeper, I'd be more than happy to expand on it. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I was the first in my family to go to university. And for some reason, my parents left me with the impression I had very few choices. And uh, one of them was uh, to be a lawyer. So I worked really hard and I went to law school. And um, I think that was a good educational experience for me. And when you're in law school, they, you know, there's a path you're supposed to take, and you, you know, you work hard, you get good marks, and you try and, you know, go downtown and work in Bay Street, and and I and I did, and uh, I tried, and I did, and um, but I felt, um, you know, in many ways, it just didn't feel, uh, it didn't feel like me, you know, the culture in a law firm, uh, the way people interact with each other, just didn't feel natural for me, didn't feel like a good fit. I was also, uh, you know, law is very much a, uh, a profession of specialization, and, and I was learning that I, I don't want to specialize. I'm a generalist. Um, I, you know, I like people and, 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 and solving complicated problems and connecting, uh, you know, people with customers in the business. Um, so I wasn't really completely happy and aligned in what I was doing. And uh, one day uh, I was living with my father, or well, my parents at the time. My father and I went up to, to uh, I, I get his winter tires put on or something along those lines. And quite by chance, I met uh, a gentleman uh, named Arkady Kuhlman, who ultimately was the founding CEO of ING Direct at the time and Tangerine now. Uh, this was 19 years ago. And I was so taken by his vision for creating uh, a bank that was going to be different and treat customers differently. And there would be no offices and no titles. And I mean, I was quite so taken by his vision and his passion that I basically, um, you know, tracked him down and, and asked him uh, if he would give me a job and I would do any job that he wanted me to do. Um, after some convincing and badgering, he agreed to hire me and um, he allowed me to be a, the lawyer. I was the eighth employee. And from that moment on, I've just been trying to learn uh, from him and learn from others and uh, stay ahead of the business and continue to develop and find myself in different situations and different experiences uh, so so I can learn. So I think that was a, a moment where, you know, certainly my parents didn't understand and, and I was really concerned about making, you know, a choice to join a startup that, you know, no one knew anything about. But obviously for me, it was a very uh, important decision. And I think throughout my career, I've, I've taken chances along those lines uh, with the goal of just gathering as many experiences as I can and, and learning as much as I possibly can. So um, fortunately, I've been able to do different jobs in different places and meet with lots of different people, good leaders, not so good leaders, and, and just try and keep learning along the way. Wow, wow. I love the badgering and pestering part. <laughs> Sometimes that goes along <laughs> with getting a job. Let me ask you this, though. I find that behind a lot of uh, successful people are great parents. And sounds like you had great parents, and it's not always easy to go to them after you've finished a fancy degree and say, well, I'm not really enjoying this, and I'm looking for something else. Uh, talk about your parents a bit, because they sound like they uh, really helped you uh, get to where you are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think... Um uh, parents have a big influence on who we are. Sometimes, um, 
you know, for the good things they've done and, and sometimes for the, the not so good things. And, uh, you know, when I was young, uh, my parents, um, you know, they, they were great parents. I had, a, I had a very good childhood and, and, and they were helpful. And I think in the end of the day, some of the values that I have today and, and some of the things that have made me a little bit different really do come from those foundational times uh, in my life. Um, that being said, I mean, I think anyone has to grapple with, you know, becoming an individual in the world and becoming free, you know what I mean? And, yep. and that was certainly very difficult for me, uh, particularly as it relates to my father. He wasn't very understanding of um, some of the choices I wanted to make in my life. So I really did have to, um, uh, you know, find my independence as opposed to being continually dependent, you know, emotionally yeah. and with decisions was a tough time for me, uh, but I think a very pivotal time. I think everybody kind of goes goes through this. So there's no doubt my, my family, I'm, I'm my, my father's passed away probably about two years ago. My mother plays a very big role in my life today, and uh, for all she's invested, I make sure she's invited to anything so she continue, can continue to be proud of, uh, of her son. I also have a wife and three kids, and you know I like to explain that um, you know, at work, people listen to me, and when I'm with my mother, she makes me feel very big and important. I go home, and, um, and, and my, my kids do a wonderful job of, of re-shrinking my head down to its proper size. So it creates a, a really good balance in, in life to have those different Right. What's a president and CEO do? I can't. It's, like just, my dad. it's just my dad. So let's talk about uh, weology. I have a couple of books coming out, co-authoring with some people, and we're going through the process of coming up with a title. And uh, when you came up with that one, you must have just smacked your head and like, wow, this describes it. So talk about what it is. What is weology? Because it is certainly a a unique concept and an interesting title. Yeah, well, thank you. And um, you know, when when the the idea of writing a book uh, you know, came up, I I was uh, you know in the spirit of of trying new things and gathering experiences and 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 uh, you know my I, I enjoy talking about leadership. Uh, um, I thought it was a really interesting idea to share a bunch of philosophies and ideas, some of which I've learned, uh, some of which I have evolved, you know, from 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 others who have come before me. Um, uh, you know, this was a wonderful medium, right, and a wonderful opportunity to do it. And as um, I had a uh, uh, someone help me write, because I mean, I am a full-time business person. I've got to run our business and continue to grow, and I have shareholders and, and those types of things. So, writing a book needs to be sort of a side uh, project, and mostly in my personal time. So, I got a little help from. Uh, a writer uh, named Justin Kingsley, who was uh, fantastic and, and super helpful. And um, as I shared these stories and philosophies, I mean, together we we sort of crafted a framework for the book uh, that came up with this concept of weology. In many ways, you know, I tell a story early on in the book about uh, Muhammad Ali, um, and you know, he's a you know obviously very influential person and. And a speech he did at uh, the University of Harvard, and when asked to, uh, to 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 say a poem, you know, he said, uh, "We 
me. I mean, that was it. Not a lot. And I think other people are aware of that. But, you know, when I think about the common thread about uh, how we've run this business and some other very successful businesses uh, of the past and of the present um, that really have a, a culture where, you know, we is first, uh, where the team is first, but also creating room inside of that for, you know, the me to grow and to thrive. And I will tell you, you know, one of the reasons why I've had some of the success that I've had and like I got lots more journey ahead of me and lots more learning to do um, is, um, is, is, is being really team-oriented, putting the company and my teammates ahead of myself, but at the same time, uh, you know, having the room to try and learn and make mistakes and, uh, and learn from them. So when you put it all together, it really is in many ways an ideology of leadership, uh, hence theology, right? So, mm-hmm. so weology, and um, uh, so I'm, I'm certainly very, uh, very excited about what weology stands for. And the book is just filled with uh, stories and experiences and observations about where this concept has has been successful in building businesses and building sustainable businesses where employees love to come to work every day, where they give you every bit of the discretionary effort that they have to offer every day and how in the end of the day um, you know the clients feel that and businesses get to grow and and it really can be a win-win wow powerful concept now when you're the president and ceo of a major bank in the first place people are going to especially employees are going to watch what you do and listen to what you say but now when you put it into a book with all your concepts and principles and ideas in it now, they even know exactly what you believe and uh, what you wrote about. So how do you go about living that weology concept at Tangerine? You mentioned one thing, that uh, no reserve parking spots and just an open concept. I'd love to park in your spot or the closest spot. (laughs) 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 I got Peter this time. But how do you live out that concept with a position you have? Regardless of whether you're talking specifically to people, employees, uh, they are watching what you do and what you say. Yeah, I mean, certainly one one key message that I would share with any leader or someone who aspires to be a leader is, is I mean, we are constantly being watched, right? Our people are watching us. The outside world today is is watching us because um, you know everything we do is is is, is transparent and, and and shareable. So um, uh, and, and that's why authenticity is so important, right? I mean, if you're faking it, it's pretty hard to be consistent day in and day out. If you are choosing a company or choosing a culture or choosing how you behave, um, it, it needs to be authentic. Um, I can tell you a story. Um, from very early in my career, which I think had a um, it had a huge it was simple, but it really had a big impact on me. Is you know you you already heard the story about how I was a lawyer and and you know you're supposed to dress a certain way and behave a certain way and write emails in a very formal way. <laughs> and then when uh, you know in my early days at uh, ING Direct, um, as I said now now Tangerine, I mean I was very formal in my communications. I was quite formal in how I dressed. You know I I was you know uh, not allow not allowing connection and one of my mentors said to me hey peter you know i know you as a person i know what you love i know about your wife i know about 
your passions and I know about your parents and I know about your difficulties. Um, if you're trying to be someone else every day, if you're trying to be what, other pe- what you think other people are expecting from you, it's not authentic. People will not follow someone who is trying to be perfect because they know they're not telling the truth. Be yourself. Don't be afraid of being authentic. And you will find that people will want to work with you more and more. And uh, for me, that was, a, that was a time that was maybe one of the most influential game changers in my life where I could come to work every day and I could be me and I could share who I really am. And that allows for connections between people where, and that's where the we can really be, really be magical. If you create a safe place where you can really be authentic and really be yourself, that's when you get connections, you get trust and teams can accomplish great things. So, um, uh, not having an, having an office, um, makes me feel uncomfortable having a private spot when, you know, someone else who, you know, uh, doesn't and, and, uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know. It probably it's something in my value system. Um, so it, it's it's natural for me. Um, you know, when we make a business decision that maybe we don't communicate well, and our frontline people have to talk to angry customers, right? I mean, it doesn't make me feel good. So I talk to angry customers too. I wow. their emails. I interact with them on Twitter. Uh, I take phone calls myself, and um, I'll have conversations with our our frontline people um, to learn about about what we've done, so that we don't we don't do it again. So I think this is very natural to me, and. In order for it to be sustainable, we need to hire people who have those values and who walk that talk every day. So I'd like to think that my senior team behaves the exact same way. And uh, they're okay with not having their title on their business card. They're okay with uh, looking for a parking spot just like everybody else. So um, I think authenticity is is really the key. And creating a culture and environment where people can truly be themselves um, allows for that connection and that trust and, uh, and makes walking the talk really easy every day. Oh, oh, oh you got me wanting to work at Andrew Bank. <laughs> <laughs> talk about uh, now the evolution of your leadership, this transparency and authenticity. Authenticity is a big word and it is important that you always remain authentic and you've mentioned about removing barriers between yourselves and yourself and your employees now that's nice to say but <laughs> you're a big company a lot of employees um, talk about the importance of that of being open to your employees and approachable uh, when your time constraints must be enormous at the same time so it's not something you can just say you actually have to do and so talk about how you've been able to remove those barriers and and your evolution of your leadership stuff yeah no i i uh sure i um you know, I'd, I'd love to um the so so what i'd like to say uh, is that leaders do uh, leaders need to be strategic, and they need to do to do things that they think are strategic. Um, and of course, we have an obligation to drive results, right? So, if um, if you genuinely believe that maybe one of your most valuable assets as a company is the culture, right? Um, and you really do believe that um, that that is uh, an important driver of success, and if you really do believe it's 
um, it's strategic, then you find time to do strategic things. So fostering, breaking down these barriers, uh, fostering an environment where people can be collaborative um, mm-hmm. and authentic and be team-oriented and be we, you know, before me, um, uh, if you believe it's strategic and it drives results, which, by the way, uh, studies show that, uh, you know, companies that are successful over the long term have highly engaged employees, and highly engaged employees give um, all the effort uh, that, that they can uh, because they, they love their teammates and they love their company and they believe in the purpose of the organization. So I guess long answer, trying to, to make it short, is um, it's strategic. I've got to find time. And when other things that are more tactical are getting in the way, I've got to find ways to spend my time on the things that are important. And these are them. Now, I, I also really need to say that, um, you know, in, in weology and what you and I are talking about today, um, I think they're, um, uh, they're aspirational. I think that we're probably well on our way there, but we're not perfect, and we're still making mistakes, and we're still trying to get it better. And sometimes our, you know, our the way we're structured doesn't allow it, and we need to fix it. So um, I, uh, I often, I will always have this conversation with new hires. So, for example, I meet, you know, whenever we have a class of new hires, I'll, I'm always one of the first people that they, they meet with as a group, and um, I tell them what our goal is and our aspirations are, and um, that it should be that way nine times out of ten, but the goal is to get it to be ten times out of ten. Wow. Yes. Not just a part-time initiative, but a full-time initiative all the time. Yeah, and I think that's the expectation of the other leaders in the organization. I mean, we have a thousand employees. We have two million customers. We're growing, you know, very rapidly. We're also adding products and services, so we're adding complexity. So um, there's only so much I can do, right? I mean, um, so as I've learned and as as I've evolved, right? I mean, I can't take the organization on my back and say, "Follow me." It's not sustainable. Uh, we need to have leaders in the organization that we train and we reward uh, to behave in this way. And that's the only way that it can be scalable and sustainable and, and continue as you as you grow your business. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, uh, it's, uh, you have talked about part of weology or the idea behind weology is how important it is to move away from the bottom line profit only focus to a people first strategy and you're so correct there uh, people are who build your business the ones who are you know talking to those customers and, uh, so that's part of your focus as a leader as well as you mentioned earlier about a people first uh, strategy and how do you uh, incorporate that or and I would say enforce it, but train it, incorporate it, because as you've mentioned earlier about doing it all the time, it's like professional sports. I've had a lot of, I bet Wayne Gretzky had a lot of days where he was sore, tired, miserable, depressed, busy, but every time he stepped on the ice, every time was his best effort. Um, that's hard to do for most people. Yeah, it sure is. Um, so, you know, when we were, this has been really interesting transition because, you know, as we said right from the very beginning, I was the eighth employee of a brand new, you know, of a new company and so very entrepreneurial. 
Uh, we now have a thousand employees. We're in you know a few different locations. We've got a lot more customers. We we used to have one product. Now we've got multiple products and deeper relationships with our with our customers. So we can't continue to be the same type of entrepreneurial company that we were 18 years ago. So you know the analogy I use is um, you know we were a very successful you know, we were a very successful child. We've been a very successful teenager, but we need to be very successful adults. And in order to go from, you know, just because you've been a successful teenager doesn't mean you're going to be a successful adult. So you need to continue to grow and evolve. So, we, you know, we've had to, you know, we've, um, we've got a purpose, and I think we've got a very clear strategy. Uh, but we also have things that we expect of our leaders at Tangerine. Um, so we call them leadership competencies. Uh, so we've got to create these frameworks in order for this to be repeatable. And so that when we hire people, we're, we're hiring the right kind of people. Uh, when we're coaching, when we're training, uh, when we're developing people, that we're developing for these competencies that will allow this to, be, to continue on and be sustainable and we're training the next leaders. I mean, as uh, you know, my, our, chief, my, our chief people officer says to me, uh, you know, I started in a very junior role at, uh, you know, at, at Tangerine and, and I was fortunate enough to get this role. Well, the next CEO is probably working in our call center right now and we've got to find a way to find these people and, and, and help them get the experiences uh, and, and the competencies so that they can be everything that they, that they can be and, and hopefully stay you know, uh, with, within our business. So this is what we're trying to do. Um, uh, one thing that we've really had to introduce as we've gotten bigger is you know, the sort of demanding uh, candor, for example. So we now have uh, a, a fairly clear view about what we expect from leaders and what we expect from associates all across the business. And we're trying to increase the amount of and the frequency of and the recency of feedback and candor. So my team, for example, that report directly to me, I mean, they've demanded from me more honesty and candor, right? I mean, I'm, I'm an affiliative person. I, I care about people. There's, I, I, I love people. And I care deeply for people that I work with, which sometimes makes it very difficult to give them difficult news. And that doesn't help them, and it doesn't help the business. So certainly, so building a framework and an accountability around candor and openness and honesty, along with some clarity about what's expected from people, is the thing that's really allowing us to make, uh, make this sustainable. Wow, I love it. Uh, and now, let's uh, for a last question for people who are not customers of Tangerine Bank. Um, tell us why they should consider it. Uh, you seem like it's a great organization, great people, great leader, but not everyone is as familiar with Tangerine as uh, the big four or five. But let people know why they should at least consider uh, becoming a customer of Tangerine Bank. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's not very often that you get point blank asked that question. Sometimes you have to find a way to work the work the answer to that question in on your own. So thank you for for asking it. Um, look, our, our, the, the the purpose of Tangerine and the reason why I joined 19 years ago is because we were building a company that was going to that we were going to help Canadians live better lives. We were going to help uh, empower Canadians to take control of their financial lives. And, 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 and look, there's a very high correlation between being in control of your financial life, having less debt, 
and more savings and being happy. And I think that that's why I get up for work every day. All of our employees, that's what we're trying to do every day. We've built the products from a fee perspective, from an interest rate perspective, that are some of the best in the country. We've built, uh, we've built an experience for people that, in our view, is the best. And we, we just recently won the J.D. Power uh, Award, um, which proves that we're the best in our class from a customer experience perspective. And um, um, so um, I think that that, um, that that goal and what we're trying to do um, is is very altruistic and uh, and which is which is exciting for me and I think people should feel very confident and and, and would want that as well. We've done lots of studies that show that Canadians are struggling with taking care or taking control of their financial lives and I think you know, Tangerine is a place that really wants to help them do that. And if they do feel empowered, they do take control of their financial lives with our products and our fantastic people. Uh, you'll end up with more po- money uh, in your pocket in the end of the day, and you'll be less worried about the financial parts of uh, of your life. So, sure, we can talk about products and fees and all those types of things. I mean, we're really proud of those. But for me, mm-hmm. I think it's re- it's really that more fulsome picture of how we can really help people live a healthy financial life. Wow! And in the end, that's what a bank should be about. Uh, yes, great products. Great grades, great services. Everybody's got that. But when you can really get to the heart of people and help them live a, a less stressful life, to manage their finances better, uh, when you can do that, you've affected a lot of areas of a person's life other than just their finances. And when that is your purpose uh, and you have the competitive products and services, uh, you're going to be a hands-down winner. And I think you're getting there already. So uh, congratulations. Uh, when is this book going to be out? Well, the book officially launches on September 22nd. It's uh, it's available right now um, uh, on online for, for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yes, it'll be available in stores on September 22nd. I uh, this is the first book I've written. It was such an incredibly enjoyable, uh, somewhat difficult process. And you know, I think uh, for me, if you when we when we open the book on the uh, on the inside cover, on the front and the back are pictures of the many many employees that uh, that work at Tangerine, the people who share my passion for for our clients and for for their teammates. And for me, uh, that that's also I mean that's the we in the story, right? And you can actually see these people, and I, I'm certainly excited about that. Yeah, it's uh, exciting when you uh, launch a new book. I was on Chapters earlier today and saw the picture and the pre-order, September 22nd, I think was the date. And uh, so, excellent. Uh, it's going to be a great book for business leaders, business owners, senior executives, um, but as well, it's going to kind of really open up your heart in the heart of the people at uh, Tangerine Bank. And, you know, uh, I think that's very important. Not as many people know about you, but more people should know about you. And so I'm excited about it. 
Thanks, Tom. I agree with you. Actually, you know, when we talk to our customers, our customers are very loyal. They're they're not they're not sure when they first try us, but then we prove to them that what we're saying is actually absolutely true. So, really, uh, our goal now is to uh, is, is 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 to make sure Canadians understand that they have this choice, mm-hmm. and um, and and we're certainly seeing that uh, the, the business is growing, you know, very significantly over the last few years, which is wonderful. And uh, I encourage people, please, like, try it out. Go see one of these, uh, one of your portable offices. Talk to someone. Uh, I'm doing the same. I, uh, yeah, thanks very much, Tom. I switched from one bank to another. Uh, the other was poor service and uh, policies we don't like. And so my wife and I in the last couple of weeks said, okay, we got to look at some different options and yours was on the top of the list so uh, i can you know other canadians other people who are listening uh, give it a try at least especially if you're not happy with your current bank uh, even if you are maybe there's services you offer that they don't and no law against having more than one bank look after more than one service for your company so please check it out uh, try them out uh, they seem and are really different than probably what you've experienced with any other bank uh, you've dealt with. Thanks so much for your time today, Peter. I appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day. Thanks so much, Much appreciated. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.